get into the show. All right. So we decided that for our first our first interview of the podcast. Our first guest. It's is... gonna be us. <laughs> it's going to be my lovely co-host. Welcome to the Utah AF podcast. In case we haven't recorded an intro for this yet, we are the preeminent podcast about Utah culture, events, activities, anything, anything with Utah. We like Utah, so that's why we're doing this. You just heard my co-host, Jake Marino. I'm Jill Herring, and this will be fun. Utah's a pretty great state. It's life elevated. So... There's really only one story that we have to talk about this for a second because it's dominating everything, but it's the coronavirus. Uh, How panicked are you about the coronavirus? Medium. Like, I'm not panicked in that I think I'm going to get it and die. I'm panicked in that everybody's freaking out, and by them freaking out, it's going to make it more likely to happen. Like, people are going to put on face masks that don't do anything, by the way, because droplets can land in your eyes. I mean, so people are going to be wearing face masks. They shouldn't be. Like, the only person who should be wearing a face mask when they travel is somebody that's been diagnosed with coronavirus. Because that keeps the droplets in. Right. And so the best thing is to wash your hands frequently. You know, try to keep your hands off your face. That's hard to do. Especially, you know, we're kind of getting into allergy season. Your eyes are going to be itchy. So... I mean, I, I'm i nervous about it in that it's going to create panic. Yeah, so I actually own an Israeli gas mask. I bought it when I, so I live in St. George, but I used to live here in Salt Lake, and I, I bought it sarcastically. For the So inversion. I could walk around during, I was, you know, I was one of those people. I'm going to make a political statement. I'm going to walk around the streets of Salt Lake with a gas mask on, which I, I never actually did because... <laughs> I did buy the gas mask, but then I didn't have the nerve to actually wear it in public because I thought the police would get called or something bad would happen. I thought, this is, I'm doing the risk-reward thing. But I do have one. So, yeah, will wouldn't. an Israeli gas mask prevent me from getting coronavirus? Yeah, probably if you wore it every single day and night. Yeah. And then I just imagine that would get very hot and sweaty. Yeah, it kind of does. There's so these little filter things you're supposed I, to put on them, too. I wouldn't want to do it. But I think it's, inevi- it's, 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 it, uh, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. We are going to have coronavirus here. It's not if, but when. Well, you may already have it. Uh, that's the thing. I have you, coughed three times today. No, I just told her- Curtis that I'm very snotty today. I woke up and I was like, ugh. But I think it's more allergies. Well, because the thing in Italy, they said that they may have had it for two weeks before anyone got diagnosed with it. Well, and this first case in, uh, I think, California, the lady that got it hadn't been in China. She hasn't been around anybody that's been to China. Mm -hmm. And she's got it. And they don't know how long she would have had it because she was in an airport. So... You know, nobody knows where it came from. So basically, it's there. We're all going to, half yeah. of us are going to get well, it. This is what it feels like to me. Remember H1N1? Barely. The swine flu? I mean, I remember the names, but I don't remember anything that happened Yeah, with well, them. this reminds me of H1N1, except this maybe is a little more the respiratory 
stuff is a little worse than usual, but. Well, and this is, we it is here in the States. We yeah. know that it's going to be. I think some of those other ones were in far off lands. So we just didn't worry too much about it. Well, yeah. And I mean, for the, the first, you know, outbreak, everybody's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's being quarantined, but now it's here. So we just need to take precautions since we, here's the thing. We don't worry much about the flu and yet the flu kills more people and infects more people than the coronavirus probably will. Yep. And so, you know, I'm told that there's a vaccine underway, but that's going to be a while till that gets, you know, passed and ready to go. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm more worried about the panic than the actual disease, but yeah. I think the panic could have real ramifications. Weird, real economic ramifications, which yeah. is kind of weird. No, I agree. Um, I have a friend who works at a local drugstore here, and it's they do supplies and stuff. And she called. She texted me the other day and said, "We are back ordered on face masks." They sold out of N95 masks and even the surgical masks. And I was like, oh, no. Why? Why do people stockpile these? Yeah. It doesn't. Those masks don't. It's more for keeping your germs inside. I think it's a crutch, though, to just make you feel better. And if it does, hey, great. But. It sucks because then the people who need them really need them. Well, Cancer patients, for instance. I think a problem could be them. if you have a crutch to feel better, you might get a little overconfident. Do oh, things you wouldn't true. do without the mask. Like, oh, I've got a mask. I'm good. That could cause problems. I can see that. Good call. Good point. All right. Well, I do have one little an interesting thing happen today. Yes. So I, uh, I'm staying with family up here this weekend, and I had to go get coffee because they don't have coffee in their house. Um, and I didn't have... I never listen to the radio because I usually just have my phone or something with either podcasts or music on it. I didn't have that. So we listened to the radio and it's been a while since I've lived up here in Salt Lake, but I do remember 94.1 was the oldies channel. Oh, oh, I know what you're going to say. Okay. Guess. Because it is still an oldies channel. I know. Was it Journey on the oldies channel? Were oh, you? No. Way more recent than Journey. Oh, think oh, think no. 90s. Oh, I don't want to think 90s. Really? What was it? Name that tune. I don't know. Whip it. Ooh, baby, baby. <gasps> no, Salt and Pepper. It's huh? Salt and Pepper on the oldies channel. No. Come that, on. That's awful. That's not old. It's it is. 90s. And I thought the worst. So I have a I have a buddy who's quite a bit younger. He at the time he was this was a couple of years ago. He was probably twenty seven years old or something. He was talking about his mom. He was telling the story, and he's like, "Yeah, my mom. She was at a concert for uh one of those oldies bands. What oh, what's their name? Um uh, f- oh like Foreigner. Oh, I'm thinking. Oh man, knife in the that heart. is not an oldies band. An oldies band is like the Beatles, Rolling Stones. Yeah. Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. I know. Well, you know, I I think about that, but then I think about in the 90s, 30 years prior, that's what we considered oldies. So, like, 
that's the 60s that's and the now thing. it's 80s the exact, is oldies. and so it's crazy because now it's like super oldie it's f- strange for those of us that were born in the late 70s <laughs> i was gonna say 80s no one needs to know oh they already know those of us that were born like in 1990 yeah you were not born in 1990 i was reborn in 1990 <laughs> I don't know if that means. Anyway. I don't either. Do you have another question? Let's go on with our show. So Jill is the co-host and co-founder of the Utah AF podcast, which was started back in 2020. The idea arose in 2019, though. This has been in the works since the last decade. It's true. Well, it depends on who you ask, because some people are kind of weird about, yeah, the decade starts uh, 2021. You sound like your mom. I do. I was supposed to be a nerd voice. Nerd voice and my mom voice are the same voice. They're similar. Anyway, yes, we've we've been working on this for several months. We I think have. it's be funny too because it might be several weeks before we ever publish anything. So, it'll be funny to hear our take on coronavirus. And it will be. It'll be things interesting. will be so much different by the time this comes out. And people are gonna be like, "Whoa, what the h?" They had no idea that we were all gonna die and aliens well, are gonna and come take over. What we can do with that, honey? This is out but what we can do with the coronavirus thing is follow it and how it goes and then we can like blurp this santa on christmas eve yeah well no we can like blurp this into the and then do an update on the coronavirus we should do it like 1940s newsreel coronavirus has attacked america oh so for our our first show here, we've decided that we're going to interview each other. We're going to interview each other, and that has nothing to do with the fact that we don't have guests yet. But the oh, fact we have that we're, some lined up. But we're yeah, but we're we're both compelling people. I think I we're think. interesting. I think so. I think we're fun. I, yeah, I'm working on that, but yeah. Yeah, you'll get there. I'm going to ask <laughs> you some random questions. Okay, ask me some random questions. So, what do you do? I work at an embroidery shop, which is interesting because my whole life, my whole background in history has been in the medical field, and I needed a break from it. Mm-hmm. I had some health issues myself, and I was like, nah, let's just F that noise, and let's go. By F, you mean force? Yes. Force that noise out of here. Freak that noise. Fetch that noise. No, we're not going to take that noise out. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) I work at an embroidery shop, which is interesting. Um, I do not have one creative bone in my body. I am not artistic in any way. That's not true. And, like, I've always worked in the medical field. I, you know... But this, I've had some health issues come along in the last several years, and it just burned me out on the whole medical thing. So a friend of mine works at the same shop, and she said, you should come and be an embroiderer. And I laughed at her, and I'm like, I don't know how to run a sewing machine, let alone an embroidery machine. And she's like, that's even better, because then you won't screw up. And I've learned how. And I have made a darling little embroidery for our show, which will be up on our website. 
Awesome. And it will be, you know, you can find it on our Twitter and our Insta. But yeah, I'm an embroiderer. I'm a professional embroiderer. That's awesome. And it's a lot of fun. It's something I never saw myself doing, but it's actually a lot of fun. I don't have to worry about people when I come home. I go, I do my job, I come home. Yeah. And that was one of my biggest problems with previous careers is that I just couldn't let it go. Right. Like, I, it would just get in my head if somebody was really sick or I had a client who was really bothering, you know, that had access to my home phone number, you know, that kind of stuff. So this has been a really great switch for me. Where did you grow up? I grew up in the booming metropolis of Farmington, Utah. I, a town called Farmington with no farms? Oh, there used to be farms. In fact, that's all the west side of Farmington used to be. And now it's all $2 million homes, mm-hmm. which makes me kind of sad. But yeah, I grew up in, in South Farmington. So I grew up near the cemetery. And it was a, it was a nice place to grow up. nice nice place I you know I remember though I never realized what privilege I was growing up in until I was in junior high and somebody goes oh you live on snob hill and I'm like what is snob hill and she was like she told me all these these people that lived on that hill and I'm like oh well yeah they are kind of snobby and I'm like but I'm not and but it made me laugh because it's like just different people's views of everything. That was my first introduction to what privilege is. Right. And at that time, I didn't know what that was, but it's interesting. Yeah. Well, it's good that you could recognize that. Yeah. I mean, take it took you know thirty five years, but it's all good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> good. All right. So, what did you want to be when you grew up? When you were a kid, and you thought about being old what did you want to be when you grew up I 100% wanted to be a teacher I had a chalkboard the little chalk holder and everything that I had placed school on and I did that until about third grade what kind of teacher an elementary school teacher and now being an adult as I think about that I think it's hilarious because that is my hell job Mm -hmm. I would not I couldn't do that that takes a very special person I am not it Takes a um, true saint. But my other dream job, I wanted to be a doctor. And then in junior high, it rolled around. I wanted to be the first woman head coach of men's division one NCAA basketball. Ooh. Yeah. That could still happen. I I wanted it to. I even had um I was accepted into the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. To, okay. in their exercise and sports science program because oh. I really wanted to do it. And one of my mentors was Rick Majerus, who was a coach at the University of Utah. He was the a winning coach. coach. He was He's like the coach. The coach. Yeah. Um, also a very dear friend of my family. But uh, he he's the one I asked him where I should study. Where, where do I go to learn how to do this? And he said, UNC has one of the best programs there is. Yeah, and so I worked hard. I got accepted into it, um, and then my mom got sick. Her, my mom had breast cancer for eight and a half years, 
and her cancer made its second recurrence right before I was getting ready to leave. And so I had to make that decision to stay here. Mm. And um, It's a tough decision to make. It was, but I don't regret it. I ended up going to the University of Utah and choosing kind of a different field at that point, but I I don't regret that change, but I always wonder what would have happened if, you know, I mean, here I am four foot 11 and back in that day I was super skinny, you know, stiff breeze could have blown me over, but like that is what I wanted to do was be a coach. You could have had a, an eye to a belly button conversation with Michael Doliak about setting picks. <laughs> We shouldn't talk about Mike Doliak. <laughs> he was just the first. Was there another? Who was the other tall Utah player? I dated player? him. <laughs> you know that, right? That takes on a new meeting. I, oh, I dated him. Who, was it? Who else was tall? Josh Grant was tall. Hano Metala. Hano was tall. Majin. You could have had a eye to belly button contact with Ma Jean about setting picks. She's got. There might be a cat in our studio. We have a cat. She's our co. She's our producer cat, and she has a cold, and she's been coughing rather violently lately. And I tried to give her medicine right before Jake got here to record, and she was a brat and spit it out. And I. What if it's coronavirus? I wondered. She's patient zero. Do you have coronavirus? Meow, meow, yes, meow, meow. <laughs> anyway, you know, Ma Jing was my introduction to cultural awareness of Asia because... You thought everybody was short? Oh, yeah, there were two ways, yeah. I did, <laughs> but then also because his uniform said Ma on it, and I just thought I could understand. Why, why is his first name on his... Yeah, because their last name is their first name in China. They use their family name comes first, right? Which is very interesting. So, yeah, here's a fun thing for our listeners: if you're into sports and sports quotes, memorabilia, anything like that, follow Keith Van Horn on Twitter because he's hilarious and he does quotes about the team he played on. If you don't know who Keith Van Horn is, he was a star player for the University of Utah in the 90s. And he took his team to the Elite Eight. Um, The year later, they went to the championship game. But Keith was awesome. And he was Coach Majerus's protege. If you want to follow somebody that can be really funny and you're sports enthused, follow Keith Van Horn because he is hilarious. And he always tweets quotes from Rick Majerus. And if you were ever a Utah fan, which I'm thinking the majority of our listeners are going to be in an age range that remembers that 90s. That's kind of what we're shooting to. But hopefully we get a Back when salt and pepper was the top of the charts and the Utes were rocking the... Were good in basketball. Whack or whatever they were in back then. Whack in Mountain West Conference. But yeah, his Twitter handle is at Coach underscore Keith 44. So just for your... Is he a coach? Yeah, he coaches a Premier League. Um, he's he coaches a girls team. Okay, and it's actually a really big thing that he's done. But he runs training camps for kids, and he played in the NBA for I think four years, four oh, or five. A lot longer than that. 
was it? Oh, yeah. I can't remember. I just know Andre went forever. Probably like 10 or 11 years, I would guess. Well, and anybody who knows me knows that I absolutely hate the NBA. I just don't like it. I don't think it's fun. Like, If you don't like the NBA, you don't like basketball. That's not true. I think that's their slogan. No. Their slogan, they're, you know, they're, there's a lot of talent, but I would much rather see, you know, some actual ball being played. I would rather see defense and, you know, scrappiness instead of just all these really tall dudes, you know, dunking. And I mean, that takes talent, but to me, they're getting paid so much more and it bugs me. Whereas college kids, I like college ball because they, they're working for it. They're going to school and it's they really want to be doing it so yeah i feel the same way about football i think i like college football better oh, than the I nfl do too, but, but i definitely like the nba more than yeah i basketball. i get lost with the nba i kind of don't follow it unless unless the utah jazz are going to playoffs or it is the playoffs i'll kind of stay involved in it but for the most part i just think it's really boring so what's your favorite smell to just rapidly change the subject. That's what we should do. Favorite smell, detergent and cleaning products. I love bleach. I love the smell of bleach. And like seriously, but it's powdered Tide that I like. I like Tide. But funny story on that. Whenever I'm anemic, my I can tell when I'm anemic when my blood counts go down because I crave detergent. I crave it to like eat. to eat it yeah and i've never actually sat down and take a spoonful and eaten it but what i have done a spoonful of detergent makes the anemia go down <laughs> no uh i would lick my finger and stick it on top of the powder and kind of get the real big particles off and then just dab it on my tongue and then spit it out, but that way I got the taste. But I remember when I married my husband and I told him that I used to crave detergent, he'd be like, I'm going to be on a first-name basis with poison control. And he's like, hey, Steve, this is Curtis. Yep, she's eating Tide again. But, so you no. were eating Tide Pods before it was cool. Oh, yeah. No, I was eating the powder. I was OG. Don't eat Tide Pods, kids. Don't. It's or Tide. Or bleach. I saw a thing. This is how stupid America has become. They are putting warnings on bleach. It will not kill coronavirus internally. Like, Don't drink bleach. It's really a bad idea. As much as you might love the smell, don't eat it. Yeah, I don't love the smell. I do, so. Maybe they could make detergent flavored Lickum. Remember those Lickum sticks? I loved Lickum sticks. Do they still make those? No. No. Are they Fun Dips? Is that what it's called? Fun Dip? I think they still make them. But I loved Pixie sticks. Pixie sticks. I did like those. I liked the grape ones. Those were good. Who's your celebrity crush? Ooh. I have a top five list. Do you want? Can we do all five? Sure. Okay. Tom Hiddleston. Okay. Um, I don't know what that noise was. I know. It was meant to be like a sexy rare. It wasn't. So Tom Hiddleston. Don't laugh at this one. Hugh Grant. I, I, there's a British theme here. Seems like he would, I was going to say, he would treat a woman very well. 
Yeah, he's, he's there's some he's weird just, history with him, isn't there? There is some weird history. With I just him. remember him on the Tonight Show and he was walking out sheepishly. I don't remember what happened though. Oh, he a... had sex with a prostitute who was uh, happened to be transgender. Oh, okay. Which actually, I don't think she was transgender, was she? I I couldn't remember if she's transgender or um, trans, best oh. or trans, yeah, vestite, crossdresser, but yeah, it was illegal and he got busted and so and, but you know he's the only celebrity that i've known that i've heard of that can get away with that and still have a career eddie murphy oh yeah there's eddie murphy oh and jerry seinfeld was a creep too so oh, wow. okay so that's two Future guests on the show i i would love to have them on the show um I also really think that the guy who plays Lucifer on Lucifer, Tom Ellis, I believe is his name, he is extremely attractive. Curtis and I have what I call the couch list. Oh. And if any of these people came to our home, we just have it. It would just be, it's just a rule that they get the bed and whoever and Curtis would get the couch. So like my couch list is, you know, Tom Hiddleston, Hugh Grant. He looks like a cuddler. Um, um, Tom Ellis, Robert Downey Jr., and um, sit, the fifth one kind of changes. It, I kind of leave that one. It's a dangler one. But, you know, the kid who played, the guy who plays Neville Longbottom? Oh, yeah. He's hot. I th- that's my list in Harry Potter. Yeah. Or now. Oh, in Harry Potter. You get you in trouble. I liked him now. Okay. Like now, what's his name? I can't remember. I'll All right. I know who two of those people are. Who do you not know? The names that I've already forgotten. Oh, okay. There we go. Thomas. Oh, Thomas. Haddle Sitter, whatever his name is. Tom Ellis is beautiful. Oh, that's not the best picture, but if you have it, mm-hmm. go to... Neville Longbottom looks way different now. <laughs> He's... I don't remember his name, but anyway, okay, next. All right, last question. Might have to think about this one for a second. But what's, what's a thing that you hate irrationally that no one else either cares about or hates? I have a lot of things that I irrationally hate. Oh, let's hear them. Curtis might be able to help with this one because he knows I just have an irrational anger that just, oh, I have a lot of things. Curtis, what do you think is my worst? And then we'll bounce off of that. My husband is our producer, so he can he can read this better. And, like, things make me irrationally angry, like, a dirty sink and our kitchen sink is dirty it makes me irrationally angry like i want to kill him when he leaves coffee you know grounds in the Uh. sink it just what what else coffee grounds need to go on your plants because they retain moisture when you everything that we've tried to plant here dies so we don't try anymore well because you're not putting coffee grounds on them (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm sure that's it. Maybe we should get an indoor plant that we can put coffee grounds on. Well, you can't put them on indoor plants. Oh, because they have to be like fruit and vegetable type plants? They could be any plant, but you don't want them indoors because when you have biomatter that disintegrates, uh-huh. that's it what attracts those little... Oh, those little bugs? Things? Yeah. What What else do I irrationally hate? Oh, I irrationally hate... I Well, I flip off inanimate objects frequently. Oh. And that's not totally irrational. No, because they can't. No, like if I'm driving by and I get in the they don't know zone. the the cultural context of no. what you're doing with your no, hand. No, but if I'm driving in a school zone and I see a that little beepy, the you know blinky school zone sign, I just flip it off if I'm in a hurry. It makes me feel better. Yeah, I know that's weird, how, but it, how dare it try and protect our precious children from getting hit by cars? I mean, in my day, we didn't even have crosswalk people to help us. We had to cross the freeway on our foot. That's right. We had a hop. One, f- I said foot because we all had one feet back then. Yeah. Life was hard back in the 80, 90s. Life was hard in the 80s and 90s. But I think the other thing I irrationally, my, I don't irrationally hate awards shows. Oh, I do get angry at award shows because I think it's stupid to, I mean, Really, it's an echo chamber when celebrities get up and tell each other how wonderful they all are. It's fun for me to watch because I like the fashion and stuff. But I get so annoyed when they get up. I don't care what the political statement is. I just think it's stupid to do it at an award show. It's just like, really? Someone should just win an award and just say, thanks, thanks. and then walk off. That's exactly, you know, um, like, yeah. But, oh, I know. I know what the thing I most irrationally hate. Yes. My stepbrother's dog. Ooh, tell Pete, us more. Pete the Papillon a-hole. I've always referred to him as Pete the Papillon a-hole. He's a Papillon, obviously, and I hate that dog. He, when he moved in, when, when my stepbrother got this dog, he was living with my parents at the time. And my dad and my stepmom, and I was living in St. George, and I came up here to have surgery, um, because this is where my doctors were. I came up to, to stay with them, and that stupid dog peed on my three hundred dollar Colhan sandals, and he looked me right in the eye while he was doing it. Savage. It was awful. As the kids say, they that is what the kids say. I I was very upset with that dog and I hated him and I just wanted him to not be there because I'm like, this dog is awful. And this dog would like sit, I mean, he's potty trained, he'd go out, but he was kind of a dog and he would take a dump like right in the middle of the living room and just, and even, you know, like, it's not that he didn't know how to go outside, but he would all, that's he would just be like, if he wasn't getting attention, he was a very hyperactive dog. He'd just take a poop right in the middle of the living room. And it was gross, but I don't, I still don't like him. Even in his older dog age, like my stepbrother had to, he was away for a couple months. And so he had his dogs. Oh, he has another dog, but I don't, I don't mind that dog. He's chill. He's cool. But 
I went over during the day. I, I just recently had surgery in January. And so during the day, my husband would take me over to my dad's house so that I wasn't alone. He, everybody worries about me when I'm alone after surgery, especially when it's big. And so I went over there and Pete the Pappy on A-Hole. That's a very long name. I know. But it just been, we'll, we'll call him PTP. But no, Pete the Papillon. He would not leave me alone. I don't know what this dog's fascination with me is, but he got, he would, his favorite spot, and I just learned that fighting it was stupid. So he, I would be laying on the couch. They have this nice couch in the front room, and I'd just be laying on it. And this damn dog would get up on the foot of it and just lay in between my legs. And I don't even let our cats do that because my I get really hot and it makes me crazy. But if I did that, then the dog would come up and lick my face. And I can't. Ooh, no. What an a-hole. I hated that. I still don't like that dog. Yeah, he needs to f- apologize for that. Well, final question, and we're going to ask this of all of our guests. Okay. What is your favorite thing about Utah? My favorite thing about Utah, I love that you can go any time of the year, you can go high in the mountains and be around snow, and then five hours later be in the desert. I love that we have seasons. Yeah. I love that, you know, I love winter. I love snow. I love the feeling of it. And for the most part, I mean, Utah has its flaws, but... The people are generally pretty awesome here. We've we've kind of developed a culture that, you know, the outside view is, oh, Utah's all Mormons and Mormons are awful and blah, blah, blah. Well, I am a Mormon, but I'm not awful, generally. I think my favorite part about Utah is just being able to, I love just the seasons. We can experience all four seasons in this state in a day. Yes. Would you agree? Yes, I like seasons as well. But that's my favorite thing, I think, just well, good. being able to do that. Well, Jill A.C. Herring, thank you again for being the very first guest on the Utah AF podcast. Thank you, Jake. It was hope, a great time. I, I hope I see you again <laughs> on future episodes. Well, maybe you'll just have to be our next, our next interviewee. That's a great suggestion i will be the next guest that sounds like a good plan we need to have a little break for a word from our sponsor which we don't have a sponsor yet you know what utah political capital decided they'll sponsor us utah political capital is sponsoring it by way of uh brillo cream have you tried brillo cream it's great for your hair a little dab will do ya brought to you by utah political capital brillo cream is that like a brillo pad Wipe the hair right off your it, head. It's brill cream. Don't don't ask the questions of the sponsor. They paid good money. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Utah Thanks, AF guys. out. We'll see you in a minute. <laughs> we'll have to end the show. <laughs> nope.